if I mess up, like, can you cut stuff? Bro, I don't have to try to look good. Shout out to my barber. Who's your barber? Secret. Let if my me. barber heard me, she, she'd be pissed. But she knew I was trying oh, to open it's a she. Oh, it's a she. Mine's a she, too. She's Brazilian. Oh, fuck. Mine's yeah. American. <laughs> I got to get canceled out of the show. <laughs> All right, guys, here we are, uh, Athletic Podcast. Welcome to the Baseball Development Show. we got left-handed pitcher Brendan Parks in the house. Yes, How you doing, Parksy? I'm good. I'm happy to be How here. You doing, little sucker? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. What's new, dude? Fill me in. Um, just finished up my first month at West Georgia. It's been good so far. Definitely a change just in, like, the philosophy as a coaching staff and in a new team, of course, I think. It's always tough to walk in and be a new guy, but um, it's been great so far. I've loved every single part of it. I mean, from from the weight room, from the field, you know, from hanging out as a team. You know, I've been getting into golf a little bit when I've got some free time, which I've never had before. The true I think, life. Yeah, it really, I know. And um, I don't know, I think just overall it's been a great experience so far, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes in the next couple months through fall ball. As we pick up inner squad, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So Parks is is one of our longest training clients. I mean, yeah. when when did we start training together? How long ago was that? Um, I was probably fifteen. How old are you now? Twenty one. Twenty one. So six years. So you're are you in your third year officially, or is this I'm your in fourth my fourth year? year. Fourth yeah, year. But I have a fifth year. Parks so. is one of them. He's one of them young guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Started training when I was 15. Um, had never trained before. If we go look back at video, you'll well, there's true evidence of we, that. We've got some video. We're, <laughs> we're gonna put some video right. in this. You guys um, will be able to see. But I was, you know, just a kid who wanted to get better and and didn't know how to get better. And you know, I stumbled up, uh, across Dave through Vic's team at, at ninth inning when we were 15. And from then on, you know, I was. He took me in under his wing, even though I was probably not the best kid or the best player at the time, but I can't thank you enough because you've definitely helped get me to where I'm at today, and I've had some unbelievable experiences as a baseball player, so. Yeah. Well, you know. Good thing I joined the athletic group. Yeah. I mean, dude, we're glad. I mean, <laughs> you, you've been with us a long time, and, and you've come a long way, and it's. Yeah. It's a it's a roller coaster ride. This whole thing's a roller coaster ride. Like absolutely. You, you go through ups and downs, and oh, absolutely. Um, you go through like different identities through yeah, this whole thing, right? True. So one hundred percent. Like what I so, all right. So describe yourself then, right? You're saying you were a little 14, 15 year old runt. Like one word to describe yourself back then, what would it be? Immature. Like I, I like loved baseball, but didn't know like how to like. And I I had dreams and goals, and I wanted to play in college and you know, play professional, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Like, it was all just in my head. And, like, I wasn't the best player. Like, I mean, even talking at Kennesaw last year to a Jay Quinichet who was on our team, he was like, you were, the wor- like, one of the worst players on the team. Yeah. And, like, you know, hearing that when I was 15 would have killed me, but now it's like I was. And, like, I had to work harder. And I had coaches that believed in me and kept me in it even though there were times where I wanted to quit but immature was 100 percent a word I would describe myself I was a clown I'd get on the mound and crap down my leg half the time like (laughs) I just 
you know, didn't know what I was doing. And you were the guy. You, <laughs> Parks was the guy who, like, he could be one hundred percent joking around, messing around, clowning around. And then four seconds later, when he failed, he'd be pissed off at the world, like totally ready to freaking lose it. Like, is that am I not wrong no, about it that? It is. Like, I, I was a clown, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, time to time to play. But that means you cared, right? Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. Because I like I knew you were immature back then. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. But I knew you cared. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew this whole time you're saying, "Oh, thanks for taking a chance on me," but. I think everybody knew it. You remember that one practice? It was me, Vic, and Shane. Yeah. And we pulled you aside. We were at Shambly. Yeah. No, pulled I you aside and we're like, remember dude, it. if there's anybody here that's going to be a pro baseball player, it's probably going to be you. Yeah. No, I 100% remember that. And like, Shane, I mean, I mean, Vic would do it. And I mean, you're 15, like, mm-hmm. and, and you're the worst player. Like, you're living in the moment at that time. Like, you're not sitting there like, what? Like, I'm like, what the heck are these guys talking about? Like, I'm not good right now like cool I'm left-handed and I'm like a good-sized kid and but like I can't throw a strike to save my life like I have no off speed and and I throw 80 miles an hour like big deal but like as a 15 year old you don't that's all you see and like having coaches to like be able to say well you long toss 300 feet but you're 15 like you're gonna throw 90 miles an hour one day you just have to like figure it out and like you think at 15, you're like, have no time. Yeah. Like you're like, well, I'm 15. I'm a sophomore. Like in two years, I'm a senior and I got to find somewhere to go, but you have so much time. Yeah. And as I've learned over the, you know, this process, like things can happen like this. Oh yeah. I mean, I was 82 going into my senior year and walked out at 92. Like now I didn't sit 92, but I touched it. And like from then on, I've like just approached the game. Like, just keep working, stick to the process. And like, you know, then a matter of months, like the game can change and you yeah. can become a whole different player. And I mean, it's hard to see cause you're so worried about yourself and results, but well, like, so, so you just brought up the, the velo thing. Yeah. Okay. And that like, that's been a thing for you oh, yeah. since day one, the first oh, yeah. day I met you, I, I, I had to pull you over. I was throwing batting practice in the cage. I had to pull you over cause I didn't know any of the kids names on the team. And I pulled you over there, and I'm like, dude, tell me every kid's name so I can, like, throw to him, watch him swing, and figure out his name. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there telling me, and you're like, oh, I just need to throw hard. I remember you telling this stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh, I need to throw harder. I'm only 78 right now, all this stuff. <laughs> so I think, like, the first thing was you were either 14 or 15. It was during that year, and you hit 80. I remember you're mm-hmm. like, I hit 80. I'm like, what do you want? Do you think I can hit 85? Like, so from day one, it was velo. Okay, mm-hmm. so, like, we're going to fast forward. Like, you mm-hmm. had your checkpoints. You got better every yeah. year. You threw a little bit harder. I remember the first time you hit 90 when you were in high school. You were like, yeah. this is big. We're talking to schools during that yeah. process. Yeah. Fast forward to now, you've gone through a lot. And we're going to back up to all this stuff. We're going to talk about everything. But you are where you're at now. You've gone mm-hmm. through everything you've gone through now. Mm-hmm. What's one word to describe yourself now? Um, I mean, I'd love to say confident, but, like, that I mean that changes all the time so I wouldn't go like you know you have great days you have bad days like you can't always be that but I mean I I like the word free like I was such like a mental just like like always worried about what the next thing was always worried about what's going to happen this day on the mound what my results going to be like I've changed 
like so much mentally on how I approach the game and even like starting this summer like I didn't have a great year at Kennesaw State and and there was a lot of ups and downs and a lot of struggles just personally that like I dealt with and you know it, it resulted in me having to make a school change and I took the summer and I'm like you know what like I don't have much I don't know how much time I have left I'm gonna go into my fourth year and I have a fifth if I want to use it and then if pro ball's there, heck yeah. If not, like, you know, we move on. But I'm not going to sit here and waste, you know, time overthinking everything and, and worried about what's going to happen in this outing and why this happened. Like, I'm just going to get on the mound and I'm just going to go yeah. and be free and make adjustments when it's needed and, and just compete. And from, like, then on, I think my first summer outing, I took that approach. And, again, like, I know what's going to happen. I've never had right. that mindset getting on a mound. And, Right. I haven't skipped a beat since, and I'm going to stick with it because why not? Free is awesome. Like free, yeah. you know, if you pick a word to describe you and it's free, Yeah. that's good, man. I mean, that that's yeah. about as that's about as good yeah. as you can make it. It's, so you, you just, all right, so you, you kind of gave everybody watching and listening kind of some insight on like I was at Kennesaw State, yeah. didn't work out, I changed schools, but let's back up a little bit, yeah. right? So like I was with you during the travel ball times. Mm-hmm. Because of your birthday, you typically played back a year. Right. Or no, you played up a year. You were younger than everybody else on your teams. No. Right? Or you I was, were I was in the grade above most of the guys on my team. You were in the grade above. So but you I were a grade ahead, age. but you were playing down. Okay. Right. So how did that like did that feed into the immaturity piece, say from like fourteen to seventeen in, in those developmental years? Like did that feed into it? Do you think that made it worse or made it better? Like what did that do to you? And then, like, what happened towards the end of high school as you had to make a jump yeah. in travel ball? I think if I were to do it again, I would have played my class. Yeah. Just from the standpoint of, like, I'm in a whole different boat from a recruiting standpoint as these guys. Like, yeah. if these guys are 15, and I'm 15, but I'm a sophomore and they're freshmen. Yeah. So, like, no one's coming to watch. Right. But, like, I need people to come watch. Yeah. And, like... Even at 16, I did the same thing. I played 16U while my kids and the kids in my classroom were playing 17, which is arguably the biggest year of travel baseball. And like these guys are playing in these, you know, PBR, whatever the PG National and all that, and and getting recruited, and they're my they're my grade, but I'm not their age, and I'm playing in, you know, random stuff that no one's really coming to watch, yeah. and. I think for me that put a lot of pressure on myself to like try and get people to come try like it kind of set me into like somewhat of like an anxiety like yeah. you know mindset of like god like I'm not getting recruited because no one's here because I'm playing with 16 year olds and not the kids that are in my class right and I think that did contribute I don't think it contributed to my immaturity as much as it did like more just like the fact of like putting so much pressure on myself to where I couldn't perform at the highest level I wanted to. And I wasn't able to just trust, again, the process and be free. <laughs> right. So I think, yeah, I don't know if it played as much into it. Did it affect you when you had to make the jump? Like when you had to no. jump one to get with your class? No. You didn't notice I mean, uh, You were good enough. I was plenty good enough. I just didn't know. Yeah. And like, you know, I, at that point when I did step up, I was starting to, creep into the upper 80s yeah. and, and starting to, you know, get in touch, you know, 90 or 89. And 
like at that point from the left side that's that plays. Did you know that? Like so yeah. for a lefty, I mean you could be eighty five and above as a lefty, right? And you can right. you can get looks. But oh, for you, was it always like no, I need more velo. No, I need more velo. Like, what was it like? I mean, you're getting into your junior year. Mm-hmm. You were sitting mid eighties, touching upper eighties. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> did you did you feel like you were there in terms of velo, or did you feel like you needed more? There were guys at your school. You went to North Atlanta. Yeah, there were guys that were good. Oh yeah, know, but guys yeah. that were gonna be draft guys. Yeah. And you were around them. Mm-hmm. Was it like a, a competition, like a comparison to them? Like, no, nah, I need to get on these guys' level, or was it just, no, nah, I'm good. I just need to get better. Like, what was it? Yeah, I mean. Well, from a high school standpoint, like, those guys pushed me harder than, like, I've ever been pushed from just a standpoint of, like, I watched a lot of them grow being the year ahead of me and saw, like, these guys can do it. Like, I can do it. And so that was more of, like, that pushed confidence into me. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, I, I thought... I didn't have confidence throwing strikes. I didn't think I could throw strikes, which was why I was like, I have to throw harder. Because if I'm left-handed and I'm throwing 89-90, but don't throw strikes, like, I got a chance. Someone will take a shot. But, like, if I'm 83-86 and, like, or 82-85 and and I'm just throwing strikes, like, no one's going to take a shot. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if I could even do that. I didn't know if I could go down to 82-85 and throw strikes. I didn't have that confidence. So, so that was it. whole. That was a piece of you like figuring out. Yeah, your I had identity. To learn a lot. You obviously had potential. You obviously had mm-hmm. stuff, but it's yeah. like, who am I? What am yeah. I? You, and you had to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say, if I remember right, tell me if I'm wrong. But your junior or senior year is when you kind of started to settle into that. It was junior year, going into senior year. So that summer, yeah. I remember throwing in a perfect game showcase, and I was up to 82. Mm-hmm. I thought I hit 86. Like I was like, oh, I was throwing hard today, and I looked and it was 82. And I remember driving home, like on the phone with my parents, like I yeah. can't, like I can't believe it. Like yeah. what the heck? And I think that's when like a switch flipped for me, right? Because um, that was yeah. So we were just gonna start summer ball like pretty soon. That was right in between high school and summer. Okay. Because my team never made the playoffs. And this but was your junior year, so after my junior, you yeah, weren't May getting of, any looks yet. Nobody right, was, nobody right, was talking nothing, to you. Okay. Nothing. Um, I was like, I think I got in the weight room and was like, let's do it. Like I told you, I was like, this is, yeah. I'm running out of time. Like let's go. And I got in the weight room, saw some results, and then I think like by like maybe I don't know the date specifically, but. Like maybe February, or I mean, I'm sorry, September, October, of my senior year in that fall. Yeah. I remember sitting there watching a video of Jack Flaherty on my phone, and I was like, God, I love his delivery. Like, I'm just gonna copy that today. <laughs> and I was 86 to 89. Like, I had hit some 86s, 87s, like a couple weeks before that, but like 86, 89 for me was like, oh, like let's go. And then Phil Kerber from PBR tweeted it out. And, like, my phone, I mean, like, hundreds of messages from schools everywhere. And, like, that was the first time I was like, holy crap. Like, I, I can do it. Like, yeah. I'm at that point where, like, let's play. Like, I'm ready to go to college and do this. And then from then on, it was like, like, I'm good enough. Yeah. Flipped over into my senior year. We got shut down because of COVID. 
but I started off hot there. I mean, Pope High School, who's yeah. you know known all over. I mean, even nationally, probably. I mean, I threw against them six innings, one hit, and like my second start. Yeah. On varsity and in, in senior year, and I was like, you know, let's let's do it. Like. And was that the time? You know, because I remember when that COVID time. Yeah. Came along, and it was like. You had some JUCO coaches yeah. reaching out, yeah, and it was like, dang, man, I really don't want to talk to this guy yeah. or that guy. I wanted to go. Was D1. that that time? Because I remember some of those guys were reaching out to me because right. they had seen that right. we were training together. Was that I, around that time? I wanted to go D one. I yeah. was obsessed with the fact. I mean, I think a lot of high school kids fall into that trap. Um, and and I was at at that point, I was hearing from D ones. Yeah. I was in I was in contact with Mercer and UAB and. Um, schools like that, and I was on the way to a start mm-hmm. against Northview, and Mercer was coming to watch me, and I think UAB as well, and we're halfway there, and we get the phone call that we're turning around, <laughs> and my coach called, but I didn't know, we're on the back of the bus, we're hearing, you know, COVID's a thing, whatever, and my coach, Plante, calls me to the front, and he goes, call Mercer, call UAB, tell him not to come, we're not playing. So, like, I go back, to the school, I throw a bullpen thinking, like, I just got to get my work in. Like, yeah. we'll be back in a week yeah. or two weeks, whatever they said, and ended up not working out that way. And I think Plante told me probably two weeks later, he said, we're not going to play. Like, it's not going to happen. NCAA is giving eligibility back. Like, you need to commit to Seminole State, like, today. So was Seminole State, obviously that's where you ended up, yeah. going to school For but JUCO, yeah. were there other JUCOs on the list yeah. like and yeah. and how much did Plante like have yeah in that involvement like was he super involved in that process yeah, for so you he coached at Seminole okay um and no I was talking to Walter State like mm-hmm. I had some big Wabash like I had some yeah. big big time JUCOs and I didn't really I hadn't really heard of Seminole but one of my teammates was committed there um and it was in Orlando. I went and visited. I, I mean, yeah, you know, and it's close to the city. Like, it, there was a lot to do. I wasn't. I didn't really have much interest in going anywhere with nothing to do. Yeah. Um, I get there, and like, and like, I walk on the field, and I'm like, well, sh- before I showed up, I'm like, I'm gonna be the guy. Like, like, yeah. I'm a lefty. I throw ninety. Like, this is JUCO. Like, I'm better than this. And I still, like, me and Carson still talk about it to this day. Um, that he's, he's like, I couldn't stand you freshman year. Like, especially in the fall. Because you thought you were, like, the best thing out there. And I regret, I mean, obviously thinking like that. But I learned a lot. Like, I got, you know, buried. Because there were studs there. Like, we had, we were looking at it yesterday. We had, in the two years I was there, we had 27 guys move on. And 17 went and played Division One, which mm. is, I mean. So, all right, really so good. back up for a second. We're going to get to that in a yeah. minute. But you said, like, the confidence, that you're talking about the confidence yeah. thing. Yeah. A lot of times it seems like that gets you in the door. And then you say, right. well, I regret being like that because then I got buried. But right. if that gets you in the door, if the confidence thing gets you in the door, Yeah. is that a bad thing? No. But when it when the immaturity takes over and it turns into go. cocky, it there becomes an issue. And that's where I went wrong. So you got immature. Yeah. You got confident in the middle. Mm-hmm. You've got free at the end. Yeah. 
What if you can combine confident and free? That's where I'm getting to. Instead of immature and confident. Yeah, uh, no, that's where I'm going. Yeah, I mean, that's I like, can, I'm, like I'm just listening to you talk about this, man. And just knowing you for all these years, like, yeah. those are the positive Parks traits. Yeah. But yeah. we know that people have negative traits too. Absolutely. Right? So, okay, and, and we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but I, I want you to keep going with like just all those guys, right? Like all those studs, all those oh, 17 yeah. guys went to the, to the D one level yeah. after Juco. Yeah. That's a big deal. You're playing, Absolutely. you're playing like Florida Juco guys oh. is no joke. Like Florida Juco, oh, God. you're basically playing division one baseball, yeah. but it's just, it's, it's a shit show because guys are bouncing all over. They're in for one year, they're out the yeah, next. And, and like I always say, Juco coaches, they have the toughest job because not only are they trying to recruit, they're also trying to recruit the other way. Like yeah. they and want guys in and they want guys out. They want guys right. in, they want guys out. Right. If they do that, they're doing a good job. So like what was it like playing with and against that competition? Like you're playing with those guys on your team, but you're also yeah. competing against those guys yeah. in the fall. And then you're having a band together and compete against other JUCOs. Like, yeah. what was that like compared to high school and travel ball? Yeah. I mean, I – like, I vividly remember, like, being that cocky, like, immature kid and quickly realizing within, like, the first couple weeks that, like, I was – like, I was – there were seven lefties. And I was probably number six or seven. Damn. And, I mean, we had Ethan Brown, who ended up at USF. We had J.C. Sewell, who ended up at UAB. There was a kid named Garrett Hester, who ended up, who came from Alabama. Like, they were all good. And, um, like, I just remember, like, walking on campus and seeing them play, and the difference in college and high school kids was like, oh, boy. Like, I kind of panicked. And what is the biggest difference? Like, what do you think the biggest difference is when, like, you're a college freshman, you step on campus, you think you're the shit. Yeah. But then what? Like, what is what is the first thing that you remember noticing about the college guys versus the, like, the incoming freshmen, the guys that only had played high school up until that point? Well, from a pitcher standpoint, because I always was with the pitchers, and I can go to the hitters after, but from a pitcher standpoint, like, the ability to throw, like, breaking balls for strikes – like the kids who could throw, I mean, they, everybody pitches. threw everybody threw 88, 88 plus when I was there, for the, unless they were sidearm. But like the ability to throw a breaking ball for a strike, like if you did that in high school, if you were throwing ninety plus in high school and you could land a breaking ball, like you were going to play Division One, you were not at a JUCO. And I didn't realize Florida JUCO was as good intense as it was and right. and good. And I was like, oh boy, like. I couldn't land a break. I could couldn't land a fastball for a strike half the time, and um, I just remember showing up and like seeing that these guys could like do everything I could do times two, like land breaking balls, land fastballs in the zone wherever they wanted, and I was like, okay, like the and I had one specific guy, Ethan Brown, who ended up at USF and was like a two year starter there. He like for sure grabbed me under his wing, like he was like. Like, he changed throwing partners so he could throw with me to, to try and elevate me because all that was preached to me is I could be better than him because, I mean, I had a lot of talent, but I was cocky and, and dumb and, and you know, got off track a lot. And I think, like, having him, you know, grab me and, and say, you're going to be my throwing partner and, and we're going to work helped, you know, push me 
to be good in the spring and then spring rolls around and I didn't have a great spring. I didn't pitch much because I was the sixth lefty. Like, mm-hmm. what pitching You didn't staff? get chances or, no, or I, you got chances and shit the bat? I mean, when... Or both. When you had the guys that we had at the front of the pitching staff, the lefties we had, like, it was, um, it was hard to, like, be a guy. Like, you had to be really good. And we had, and then one of the lefties was a freshman who kind of was my competition, uh, ended up at UNC Charlotte, which Mm -hmm. is a great program. So, like, I mean, it was top to bottom from the left side that, like, it was tough to compete with. And, like, I wasn't ready. Like, I was not ready to pitch in college. And, I mean, I I think I threw six innings. What did that do to you? Like, I mean, okay, so you threw six innings, you're getting done with your first year. Then what? Like, what does that do to a guy? My exit meeting was, I was hurt. Like, I was like, I came in confident and turned into cocky. And I was like, but still thought I was really good. And it turns out I wasn't really good. I wasn't good enough. And hearing that again, because yeah. I'd heard it in the past, um, to be, and I was pulled in the office for our exit meetings, and they said, my pitching coach got in my face and said, when you learn to grow up, you're going to be really good at this game. And I took that and ran with it over the summer and pitched in the Sun Belt yeah. my freshman year and had some really, really good outings and some really rough ones. And I think I finished with like I think I finished my like my last outing was like six point six point one innings in a playoff game with seven punch outs and no runs. And like going in, that was a huge for my sophomore year, so much confidence. And I was so, like, I got it. Like, let's go. So it's funny because I watched you pitch that summer. Yeah. Right. I, I saw you pitch yeah. in the Sun Belt League that summer and you know, it was <laughs> I saw that. I saw the roller coaster. I saw yeah. the up and down. Yeah. We we had already talked because yeah. you called me throughout the season, and right. you know I, I don't remember if this was your freshman year or your sophomore year, but I remember the day you called me and told me that you hit ninety five. That was yeah sophomore year. Okay, so so we're gonna mm-hmm. get there in a minute, but yeah. I remember you telling me that stuff, and okay, when I would answer that phone call, I was like, man, Parks Parks is on cloud nine right now, oh, and yeah. then I would answer some phone calls, and it's like. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Park. Should yeah. I call his dad right now? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think I think everybody needs to learn how to handle this because you're talking about the you're on the side of the immaturity and the confidence, yeah. yeah. Right, and that's a negative, dark place to be in. Right. If you're on the confidence and free side, mm-hmm. you're feeling good. You're feeling springy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like, what would you say? Your first year to you was a failure, right? Because you wanted to go down there Absolutely. and pitch. So knowing, like, leaving after the first year and knowing. I failed this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I really didn't do anything great other than yeah. I, I played a season of college baseball. Like, what does that do to your psyche, failing like that? And like you said, you felt like you were right back yeah. to high school right. when everybody was telling you weren't good enough. So right. what's next, man? Like, how do you how do you handle that? Well, during the time, it was really hard. I mean, I I went through some personal stuff. My Like that soft or I'm sorry, the first semester of my freshman year where, like, I – didn't know who I was. I wanted to fit in. I did some dumb stuff off the field um, that affected me on the field 100%. And But now looking back, like I wouldn't trade that freshman year because like I learned not just as a baseball player, but as a person, like I grew a ton. Like that was 
probably one of my most important years of life just because like I learned how to be a baseball player off the field and also on the field and like going into my sophomore year I'm like I'm not gonna mess this up by being an idiot off the field and I'm gonna come to practice every day and I'm gonna work and there I mean you we've all been gone from being the young guy to the older guy and I knew my job was gonna I knew I was gonna have to be a guy and I think that changed my thought process from freshman to sophomore year is like freshman year I'm like I'm not gonna be a guy like my season's over like I'm not pitching like I don't really you know I'm not worried I'm just worried about the team and whatever and kind of myself and how I'm gonna get better and then sophomore year I'm like 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 I have to be good yeah. for us to be good and some guys it's a lot of pressure for me that elevated me for sure like I my sophomore year that first semester like I had some injuries some you know hiccups I think like my first outing where a bunch of scouts were there I was like 86 88 yeah. and because I had a back issue and I worked through it and came back that first semester or that second semester of sophomore year and was like 92 94 touching 95 and at one point I had 15 pro scouts sitting behind home plate and an inner squad and I'm like like it just it's crazy how much like it can change and like you can be up here and have 15 pro scouts in the stands and you're throwing gas and and your stuff's gross and then all of a sudden it's like boom like my back hurts and now I'm 86 88 and nobody's here and no one cares and you grow. I mean, you, you got to learn how to figure it out and push through it. But that sophomore year was, I mean, unbelievable. Just from like, I've never pitched like that before and had to take on a role that I took on. So you you busted it. And I remember. Oh, yeah. I remember we were over, that was when we were at Elite Edge. Yeah. You busted it in between your freshman and sophomore year. Mm -hmm. And I remember your weight was up. Yep. Right. And you were like, no, I want to be at this weight. I want to be a little heavier. Yeah. I feel like I throw harder. And then I think you, you took that into the fall. Yeah. And damn it, you were throwing harder. Like yeah. it was, like you said, yeah. you called me a couple and, hey, I hit 95. Hey, I yeah. hit 95. Yeah. And I think you were, you were sitting 92, 93. Yeah. Like I was throwing the crap out. So, okay. So that's great. Like at that point, was it already decided between you and your coaching staff, like what your role was going to be? Were you still figuring that out? Or did you I basically be, say this is what I I started opening day. Yeah. I started opening day and I got scared. I had Miami, like Mississippi State, like you name a D one, probably there. Pro scouts like sit like I had pro scouts like watching me warm up and seeing that, like being a nineteen year old kid, like I don't care what anybody says, like it sends, you know, pressure through your body and in your head and I got out there and, and and we just talked about it with Hendrix but like there's two sides of it you either overthrow or you underthrow and I underthrew I was 88 to 90 after I'd been 92 93 like literally the week before and gave up two home runs to Pensacola State in like two innings mm -hmm. gave up three runs and I got hurt like that game and missed a month. What was what was the injury? I got hurt actually the next game and had six scouts there. Was that when you had the weird wrist, wrist thing? Wrist injury, yeah. 
Go through that, man. I, w- I was just talking about that with the guys crazy. back here like because I, I was reminiscing yeah. on it. Like, What was that injury? It was a strain of like these like ligaments through my hand, and it actually caused me to – I can't throw a changeup with these two fingers anymore because it comes back. But it was from a cha- – I threw, I threw a changeup in the second outing of my sophomore year and strained that, and I missed like a month with it and I had no idea what was going on. And it was actually a great pitch. Yeah. It was perfectly and located. Didn't you t- and, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I felt it and I was like, what the heck was that? I was like, let me throw a warm up pitch. I threw a fastball and it was, yeah. I mean, terrible pain, like through my fingers. And, um, I missed a month and, and was trying to figure out what was going on. And I finally was like, well, I'm going to throw a split change and that's what is going to happen. And that's all I can do. And, I actually didn't throw one change up my whole sophomore year after that. Wow. Because I was just fastball slider. And and I went from being a starter to you're going to be our cleanup slash closer slash whatever the heck we need out of the bullpen. Yeah. And you're going to spot start when we need you. And, I mean, I remember going back and looking at my, like, game logs. And, like, I'd throw five games in a row. It, like, How many innings did you throw that year? I think it was, like, 40-something. But, but that was with but the injury. With a mu- missed a month. Yeah. And, like, it was out of the pen, too. And it was, wow. like, like one inning on Monday, two on Wednesday, 1.2 on Friday, or on Friday, one on Saturday. Heavy and then on like, the back end. And then, like, three on Monday. And every, like, fifth game when I would throw the three innings, I'd give up, like, three runs because I was exhausted. And my ERA would get a little boosted. But, like, I loved that role. Like I loved just like, like walking like walking off the field like I had just ran a marathon by you know game four or five, but like saving games and like being that like dog I like I I mean my most vivid memory is with actually who's my roommate now at West Georgia but he's at he was at Georgia Southern but we were playing St John's River and he. I wasn't even supposed to pitch. I like played catch like seven hours before the game because I was just getting my throwing in and went to the game in shorts. And our rule was always bring your uniform in case, I mean, God forbid, like eight guys get hurt and you got to send Parks out to pinch run, which is a bad idea. <laughs> we don't want that. No, we definitely don't, don't want, want that. that. But I bring, bring my uniform. We just had to. And I told him, I said, look, like if it gets bad, like, like, I got my uniform, like, let's go. And I ended up going into that game in the eighth inning in a 3-3 three to three ball game, got us out of a jam. And I told Luke Hatcher, I said, give me some curse words in there, I can run, and this game's over. And he comes up with a guy on first and hits a two-run jack in the top of the ninth. And St. John's River was, I mean, us, CF, Central yeah. Florida, yeah. and – um, St. John's River, it was always us three in Santa Fe. And um, he comes in the dugout. I'm scared to death because he comes in throwing fist bumps and going crazy. And he grabs me by the jersey and goes, I got you your run. Now go win ball game. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I can't lose this it's game. Intense, and I go out there and shut it down and we win. And like having that like role of being the guy on your team is, is no better feeling. Yeah. And I loved it. It's awesome, man. That's awesome. I had a well, great time my sophomore year. Sophomore year, I mean, so 
all right, you get past the injury. You're yeah. you're starting to pitch more. You're yeah. pitching a lot more often. Yeah. Frequency. Yeah. Like, do you think that helped you in the the whole exposure thing, right? Because your oh, whole absolutely. thing was like, hey, I, I still want to play D one baseball. Absolutely, it, it helped with exposure. It, it helped with consistency. Like, I mean, when you're on the mound that much, like, yeah. there is no bullpens. There is no no time to think. But there's no better work than getting on the mound with hitters. Yeah. Like there is like that. That is what a bullpen is. Is you're preparing to go get people out. But when you're actually going out there and getting people out, like you're prepared for the next one if you're throwing that close together. Um, and I think just from a consistency standpoint, like I could go out there anytime and and, and throw strikes. And then um, from an exposure standpoint, like my coaches, I mean, they, from for what I did for that team, they had my back 110%. Like they would make calls to anybody I wanted them to make calls to and praise the type of player I was and, and, and the type of kid I was, and like that's what you want. Like you, you know. When did it start? When did it start popping off? Like when did when did yeah. schools start coming into the picture? And what schools were those? Like you know, like where were you? Yeah. At? I mean, obviously, you know. Yeah. You said you went to Kennesaw. We've mm-hmm. already we've already talked about that, but like I remember, you were coaching with me after that sophomore yeah. season. You oh, coached yeah. seventeen, you mm-hmm. and so we're in the car driving back and forth. Turn, we're talking about this stuff, yeah. right? And kind of go through like the process when did it start like i'm sure yeah. those schools started coming in as you were still playing but like what was the progression like um it was the last game of my sophomore year i had a bunch of teams came down to watch um they had shown a little bit of interest but app state was my first offer um had an amazing visit there like nothing but amazing things to say about that school and that coaching staff. Um, and then it kind of like picked up from there. Like as soon as that offer hit, it was like Queens, like Marshall, Long Beach State, like Georgia Southern called, like USF, like all these schools called Kennesaw, like Liberty. I mean, like it quickly picked up from there. And I mean, that was very stressful, but very like, like I got to go on some cool visits and see some cool places that I would never go and go to and um, I mean it, it's stressful like your you know your phone's constant everybody wants you know those all those schools want you and they're you know continuously texting and you're trying to keep up with offers and timelines and whatnot but and then obviously the the most stressful part is making the decision yeah. like where am I gonna hopefully finish. Was that like my a, college career? Was that like an inner battle with yourself, or yeah? Like, how much did you talk about it with your family? Like, like all the time. I mean, I know obviously they're involved in the process. Yeah. You know, obviously, paying for your school yeah. and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But like, was it kind of like a? I know a lot of parents are like, "Hey, man, like it's your decision." Yeah. But some yeah. parents are like, "Hey, like weigh the pros and cons. Think about this. Think yeah. about that." Like, did you go back and forth? Did you think, oh, "Hey, absolutely. maybe I want to go to this oh, school"? Oh, one hundred percent. I. I mean, I left a certain school and said, I'm going here. Like, mm-hmm. everything about it was unbelievable. Like, I'm going here. And, but it was the minute I left. And I just, like, remember, like, getting texts from my parents, like, hey, like, you just left. Like, let's, my dad's huge on writing things down. So he made me sit down and write down, yes, no, what I liked, this and that, and compare it. 
And it was that made it much easier to just nope, 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 nope. And I boiled it down to three. And it was App State, Liberty, and Kennesaw. And um, I'd just come from Seminole, which was seven hours away from home. And I was like, you know, the exposure that Kennesaw can get me, you know, that we're going to play Georgia, we're going to play Tech, we played Clemson, Boston College. Like, we were playing big-time teams. This is going to be the school to, like, get me – to the professional level, and that's was a big reason on why I wanted to go there, and yep. I ended up going there. Okay, cool. So now you've been through two college seasons. Yep. Okay, yep. and you came in, big boy, hot shot, felt good yep. about yourself. Yep. Um, failure slapped you in the face that year. Yep. Come in your second year, feeling good, obviously made progress, stronger, throwing harder. Yeah. Had some failure you had to deal with that season. Mm-hmm. Now you're playing Division One baseball. They mm-hmm. just came off of a regional year. Right. Um, did you kind of go in feeling the same kind of confidence, like, yeah, I'm going to have a shot to be the guy, or were you no. approaching it different? No, absolutely not. Because okay. I, once I saw how good everybody was, it, it was the same feeling of, of getting to junior college minus the cocky aspect. Like, it was the, like – you show up and you're just like, God, like I didn't know it could get much better. And holy crap, it's a lot better. And, um, I mean, we had, I, I remember looking like showing up and seeing freshmen throwing 92 mile an hour sinkers. Like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like first strikes. And then just like, Oh, here's a slider, like wherever I want. And I'm like, this is like really impressive. And, for me, it was like I had this great year, and now I'm seeing this. Like I have to step it up again, and I put a lot of pressure on myself. I didn't, I didn't play free. I all fall, you know. I I had some rough spots, but like I think Florida State was tough when I went down there. I mean, threw hard. Yeah. Ninety one, ninety two. You know, had good stuff, but didn't throw strikes. Was really wound up. But then flip side, you know, go to Georgia Tech the next week and one, two, three with two punch outs and looked great. Yeah. And like that was the story of my fall. Like it was ups and downs and I ended up starting game three of the Fall World Series, which for me was like, oh, these coaches like, you know, they believe I can be, you know, a weekend guy, if not a midweek starter and um, had a great, you know, off season here worked out with you there's some great bullpens i mean when i threw live (laughs) that one day when we did the live ab's like i was my stuff was i mean perfect exactly where i wanted to be i was really excited about it and um i think there was a point where like i had some rough outings in the spring and i began to lose confidence in myself had my first outing against new orleans um didn't go well. Uh, came in to close the game on Sunday and just didn't get it. I mean, we won, but didn't get it done. And then from then on, it was just like good outing, bad outing, good outing, bad outing, good outing, bad outing. And that turned into just like, okay, now you're not going to pitch for a month. Yeah. And as a player, like at the time, you know, you, you want to blame everything else on everybody. You want to look at coaches. You want to look at injury. You want to look at, I mean, whatever it is you want to blame and I think like that was immature instead of just 
you know, taking a di- taking a step back and looking at yourself and being like, look, dude, like, you're not throwing the ball well. That is why you're not playing. And, like, could there have been times where I thought I could have thrown more? Absolutely, but that's, every player is going to say that. And I think that, like, um, like going in towards the end, you know, I, I went home at the end of the season, and I was not going back. Um, and I was like, look, like, I'm at my lowest. As I mean, as crazy as that sounds, like, I went from eight months ago being at my highest. Like I'm finally getting to live the dream of going to play Division One baseball at a school close to home, you know, where I had an unbelievable experience from a school standpoint, friends. Like I, you know, I loved it. And baseball didn't work out, and that was the reason I was there. And I was like, look, like we gotta find something new. And um, I'm really happy where I'm at, but I had a heck of a summer and. Um, Trying to carry that over. Yeah. So, you know, you're at Kennesaw in the fall. Yeah. And you see everybody's good. You know, oh, you, yeah. You're, you're playing these inner squads. You're doing your, your fall season. You go down to – we played freaking Florida State in your, one of your fall games. I was at the Georgia Tech fall. Yeah. One of those fall yeah, games. Yeah, you were there. Um, <clears throat> you know, so just watching you over the years, you obviously look good. Your stuff looked good. You were throwing oh, hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I My question – and obviously, I wasn't going to say this to you, but my question was: Is he in a good place? Like, does he feel good about what yeah. he's doing? That was my yeah. question. Like, just knowing you, watching you, yeah. seeing you do your thing. So I was really curious to see how the the spring was going to be. Yeah. And you know, I know that you had conversations with the coaches, and yeah. you had conversations about like what your role was going to mm-hmm. be. What was that? Was it like, hey, man, like you're on the verge of potentially being a midweek guy. Yeah. You're a bullpen guy. Like what, what did that sound mm-hmm. like? I mean, I thought I had a chance to be the Sunday or midweek guy yeah. going into the spring. Um, and it just kind of fizzled out over the preseason, like before spring. You know, you play a good amount of inner squads, and it was just good outing, bad outing, good outing, bad outing. And I wasn't fit for that role because – Guys beat me at like. When do you think your when do you think your last shot at that was? I think I know. I think I know when it was just on the little bit that I know and just following your guys' season. But when do you feel like it was? Hey, I, I got one last shot at this. Oh, it was like in the spring. Yeah, like my last like shot of like pitching. No, your last shot of like. Hey, you still could be like a Sunday guy or, or oh, a midweek guy. My start against Georgia Tech. Start against Tech. Yeah, yeah. I, I got the start against Tech and. I freaked myself out, like, hour and a half before the game. Like, I'm, like, doing things that I've never done before. Like what? Like, overcompensating, like, sitting there, like, stretching too much, like, doing much, too much in my diet. Like, instead of going from foul line to, you know, we're at 90 feet of, like, doing scoops. Like, I'm going there and back. So I'm adding on extra, like, I'm doing all this stuff that I'd never done and got away from my process and honestly like didn't throw horrible mm-hmm. like there were some like some good things that came out of that but it just didn't go my way I think like there were some errors and some you know like some tough calls that I had but at the end of the day like throw more strikes yeah like or don't throw the ball over the plate to where they can hit it all the time or don't walk people like Against a team that at at the time was a 
they were good. a juggernaut lineup. Like oh, at that God, time yeah. in that season, they were crushing. Yeah. I remember following. Yeah. And I didn't, and I, and I wasn't at a point where my stuff was great either. Like slider was kind of spinny. Like fastball was 89, 90, like not anything crazy. And like, you know, like you get out there and, and, and it's the home, the big hometown school. Like I grew up going to watch them play. And you get out there and you almost think of it as an experience more than like what you're here to do. And like I'm here to win. Got you out of your process. Right. And I and I tried to do too much and, and buried myself. And I think like after that, like they tried to give me chances and tried to put me in, in spots and it just I had some good ones. I mean, I went out against Stetson in a one to one ball game and, and did my job and um Boston College went one inning of, of and had some had two punch outs of two draft picks. Like my stuff was good. But I just don't think I think I like when my stuff I knew my stuff wasn't good, like I totally checked out. Yeah. And was like, Well, it's just gonna be a bad day. Yeah. So do you think that that tech start was like a demoralizing for you, demoralizing yeah, thing that it was just too tough to come back from at absolutely. that point? It, it killed, like it was yeah. I mean, I remember, like, my family came to watch. Like, yeah. I had family from out of town come to watch. And, like, I went point two innings. Yeah. Like, thanks for coming. <laughs> Dude, I've been there. Like, And, like, you're just, like, you're in the dugout, like, and we ended up losing the game. Like, I think I gave up, I think we lost four to three. Mm-hmm. And I think I gave up two. Yeah. Or, or at least one. Yeah. And, like, that run I don't give up. Or those two runs I don't give up, like, we end up winning that game. Mm-hmm. That's how you think. Oh, yeah. And I just, When in like, reality, if you threw point two, there's right. there's 8.1 other innings that yeah. things could happen. Yeah. But that's how you think, right? Yeah. And then and it I, becomes, from that from that point on, you know, you get moved to the bullpen, which is fine. I was there in JUCO. I was in the bullpen. And you get a couple outings there, and, and then the outings start to spread out. Yeah. And then it becomes, like, now I don't know when I'm going to pitch. And, like, I think I'm going to pitch this day because there's eight lefties in the lineup. Nope. Don't see the field. And then you're like, like, you know, you, you feel sorry for yourself a little bit. And, and then it, you know, weeks turn into months and then you're just like, okay, now I have no idea when I'm going to pitch. Like, do I even like lock in anymore? Like, like, do I come to the field ready to go? And then that one day you think, oh, I don't need to lock in today. I ain't pitching. There and then, go. here you go, like, pitching. you know, here we go. We're going to pitch against Clemson today, like, yeah. you know. And I think that was an immature way to think. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily regret, like, you know, like having that mindset because obviously you, you grow and you learn. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, it it moved me out of that school. Yeah. and And I loved it there, but. It was like, you know, you're, you're just, I wasn't producing and it was time to move. I've been there, man. Like this, and listen, for you guys still tuning in and listening and watching, if you're a high school or college baseball player, this is where you're going to struggle with this stuff the most, right? When you're younger than high school, it, the game's not this tough yet. When you're, if you get past college baseball, chances are you've probably beat most of these demons. Mm-hmm. But high school baseball and college baseball is where you're going to fight this stuff the most. And I remember being a freshman up at Capitol, and again, I played mm-hmm. at a Division three school. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all the same stuff. And I remember getting thrust in the lineup, 
early on. Um, you know, I was a shortstop, but because there was a senior playing shortstop, it was like, dude, we, you got to play. You're going to play center. You're going to play yeah. left. You're going to play third. You're going to mm-hmm. play second. I played every position other than pitcher, catcher, and first the first year. Yeah. But about 10, 15 games in, now I'm playing shortstop. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you're, you're the guy. And it was almost too much for me. Like I remember the rest of that season. I think I, I think I started like thirty five or thirty seven games out of yeah. forty that year. And I remember like the second half of that season. I was in my own head about stuff. It mm-hmm. was like, dude, a shortstop, you catch the ball, you throw it first, right? You make the play. And I remember thinking like just simple stuff, like oh, if it's to my backhand side, I got to get the second <laughs> hop. And the, the same thing that you were talking about, where yeah. it's like you try to do more than you need yeah. to do. Yeah. And then when something goes bad, like you almost remember that one time when something goes bad and then you can't get back on track. Right. And for me, that didn't happen that freshman year because mm-hmm. I made it through that year. I hit close to 300. I played yeah. almost all the time. I was a guy. Yeah. And going back the next year, I was the starting shortstop. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Mm-hmm. And made it through the fall. We get into the season. And it was like the first se- is the first game of the season we're playing at, I think it was Averitt in danville mm-hmm. virginia cold as shit windy as shit and i'm playing shortstop right and i'm worried about hitting because everybody's yeah. like oh you need to be the leadoff hitter this year you yeah. got to do all these things. again worried about shit that you shouldn't be worried about i gotta yeah. hit anyway whether i'm hitting lead off or not yeah and i remember i the first ball hit to me i wasn't ready it was like a it was like a six hopper towards the middle it mm-hmm. was a tough play but it was a play that i make yeah 99 out of 100 times yeah and it just like kind of skirted under my glove. Probably wasn't even called an error. It was yeah. probably far enough out of reach to where they're like, oh, that's a tough play. It's a hit. Yeah. And I remember my pitcher's just like, what the heck? Fuck, Dave. Like, you didn't. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I, me, I got you. Yeah. And, and dude, that was in my head. Oh, yeah. It was in my head because I'm like, mm-hmm. I should have made that play. So Absolutely. Then, like, and I made three or four other plays that game, and it was like, it didn't feel smooth. It didn't feel good. I didn't feel like I was in control. Yeah. And dude, that play, the first play, first ball that was hit to me that season, screwed me. Yeah. Because 15 games in, I had 15 errors. And then I got my spot taken away by an outfielder. A guy who was an outfielder. A guy that right. I got up to the school. He, I played against yeah. him in high school. Yeah. I'm the one who got him up to go up there. Yeah. Now he's playing shortstop. It was the first conference game they put him in. I had no idea it was going to happen. And I'm just like, same thing you said, man. Feeling sorry for myself. Now what? Yeah. How do I don't know how to sit the bench? Because for the past year and a half in college, I had played almost. Every right. Year. I, didn't, I didn't know how to sit the bench, so I'm right. like, my coach. Man, I need to get him on this podcast too. He tells the story. Awesome. He's like, yeah, Dave, you were like pacing the dugout, and you would like come stand next to me and just sit there. And he's like, you didn't say nothing. You weren't like out of line. He yeah. said you could just tell that you didn't know what to do. You didn't yeah. know how to handle it. And I think it was probably another probably another five or six games before I got put back in the lineup mm-hmm. or in the game, maybe a midweek game or something made first ball hit to me, made an error. <laughs> Had two hits that game, but first ball hit. So it's like, dude, you can do other good things, but, yeah. but if you're not ready, you're not ready. Right. And sat the bench again. I mean, it, it I went through that process for probably the next 10 games of getting a chance every yeah. third or fourth game and something like that happening. And I would blame it on, oh, well, that ball took a weird hop, bro. Somebody made a bad thrower. Yeah. But it's like, dude, no, just catch the ball, throw it first. Yeah. And I remember I got put back in the lineup because we had some injuries. I got put back in the lineup against Ohio Northern, and I was playing left field, and I was batting ninth. I was like, okay, don't have to play short. Don't have to play second. I'm good. Um, and I needed that that mental reset. Yeah. 
to just go do my thing. I think I went two for three. I drove in a run. I made two plays in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm back. And I, after the game, my coach is like, hey, man, call your dad after the game today. I was like, call my dad. He's like, well, just tell him you didn't suck today. And I, like, and I laughed. I like kind of half <laughs> smiled. He's like, you can smile. It's okay, man. It's good. Yeah. And I was in the lineup the next day. I was playing third the next day. So I didn't play short or second, I don't think, the rest of that season. It, like, it was, like my coach was smart enough. He understood enough to know he, he can't do that. It's too much so on his brain to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, like, you know, I left that school the next year and I transferred. And, yeah. You know, and I never played another game at shortstop the rest of my yeah. career. I probably could have if I would have been able to get past that. But right. just like you said, there's that one time. Right. Dude, all it takes is one time, like, not being ready. So, for me, my question to you is, you seem to have gotten past that. As, yeah, like, 100%. How? What did you do, man? Like, what was your – like, I know you were pissed at the end of the season. We came back this summer. We yeah. sat in the office and we talked. Guys, me and Parks, this is how we've been talking for the past five years. Yeah. This is how we discuss things. So, that's a testament to, like, him improving his maturity over the years. Yeah. but. You see how much it takes. Like, what have you had to do to get past this past hurdle? Um, I think this summer was huge just from a standpoint of, like, get what happened out of your mind. Like, find confidence. Like, in, in this summer is all about that. Like, guys were like, well, let's – here, we'll get you in the Valley League or we'll get you up in the Northwoods or, or whatever. And I'm like, I need to, like, stay home, like – like, come here to athletic, get in the weight room, throw bullpens, like, where I'm comfortable and use that, like, comfort of, like, where I'm at to, like, find it again. And I was, like, I mean, I, me and I mean, Turner would catch my bullpens this this uh, summer. And, I mean, I remember the first ones, like, I'm screaming, fuck, and, like, yelling, and you're coming in, like, what's going on in here? Because, like, it was so bad. Like, I didn't know what, like, I was doing. Like, I was so low. And um, I just remember, like, the first summer ball game. Like, I get out there and I'm like, can't get much worse than what I've already gone through the past, you know, nine months. So, let's just roll. And, like, of course, like, you know, I'm sitting there. I walked the freaking leadoff guy. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. Like, this is, I look up in the stands, like, I'm looking at the catcher. My dad's kind of like in the bleachers behind, but like towards the right side. And I look and he's got this, like, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And they were on like spiked fastballs. Yeah. I end up like punching out nine and two and a third, mm-hmm. if that even adds up. Does that add up? Oh. Two and two. Two and, and yeah, it had to be two three. Thirds, well, technically, three. it could if if or you maybe were, it was it maybe it was eight and two and two thirds. It was something. I struck out every guy I got out. Well, I was gonna say if you're throwing them nasty bouncers like you're talking, I guess about. so. Pass ball or <laughs> drop third strikes. Drop third but, strikes. No, um, yeah, I'm not good at math. I failed it three times. It's but okay. um, <laughs> study hard. Do your math. <laughs> study hard. Um, but like I just, I struck out everybody I got out. And, um, I think for me, it was like, like, I love that feeling, like, like walking off the mound, just like, just dominant, like head held high, like shoulders back, chest out, like, like, you know what I mean? And like, 
I went facing the big leaguers, but like I didn't care. Like I could have. All right, well, it's, I'm being a little over the top here, but if I was facing a Little League team, I probably would have done the same thing at that point. I was yeah. so low. Yeah. Like, I just needed something to just, like, okay, I'd still get people out. You were your own worst enemy. Right. So I get out of that, and I throw that game, and I'm like, hey, can I get a start? Like, like I want to, you know, try and get into that role again. And I end up starting, and um, I don't remember who it was against, but – like four innings. Oh, it was, it was against Columbus um, at Georgia State. Four innings, no runs, a um, couple hits in there. Not not a ton of strikeouts. And I remember I, I was sick that day, and I still pushed through and pitched really well. Went on, pitched against Gainesville or Alpharetta or something. The next Gainesville the next week, which was the team that ended up winning the Sun Belt. Studs in that order, like up and down. And had a no-hitter into the fifth. And, like, no runs. Again, five innings, like, eight punch-outs. And then, like, I think, fast forward, like, I ended up finishing with, like, I threw in the All-Star game, too, so that adds another two. But I had, like, 27 innings with, like, a point, like, six ERA. Like, I gave two runs in 27 innings. Like, I mean, pitched the best I've ever pitched in my life. Like, I'm throwing like two like two o breaking balls back to back to get back in the count and then blowing guys' doors off with a fastball, or like doing three one slider slider boom punch out like I was just like at a different level um, than I've ever been and like I looked at it as if like look man like like what I'm doing right now has nothing to do with who I'm facing like if I'm facing Division one guys or if I'm facing a Division three guy. Like, the fact that I'm able to land my stuff in these counts and pitch with this kind of conviction and, and getting ahead and, and whatnot, like, with this confidence, like, I can pitch at any level. And I just needed to, like, get that again, find that again. And, um, I I mean, like, I couldn't have been happier with how my summer went. Just you feel from, like, like that's, your, that's part of your MO now is, like, just what you just told me. Like, it doesn't matter who you're facing. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't because, like, I know that, like, my stuff, like, I've always had good stuff. Like, I've always been told I have good stuff, and, like, it's about locating it, and if you can't locate it, then it doesn't matter. And, like, the fact that, like, I feel like I can locate and throw stuff in any count, like, all I've done, like, from the moment, like, I left Kennesaw is just build, Mm -hmm. and, like, build, and build, and build, and build, and build, and build, and, like, I'm at a like I took a month off and didn't throw and started throwing again like a month and a half ago and ha- we had our first inner squad last or yesterday and I was like or at West Georgia we had our first inner squad and I'm like I don't know how this is going to go like I haven't seen a hitter and you know and is this you know so-called high of like confidence going to be gone since I haven't seen a hitter in a month and a half since summer ball and didn't hadn't skipped a beat same exact results, same, you know, same thing. And it's like, you know what? Like, I think I've finally found the mindset that works for me. And it's just like, roll out there, like be free, have fun. Like, don't assume what's going to happen. Like, don't sit on the bench and be like, I'm going to strike out 15 today because I'm going to strike out 15 and three since I can't do math. And, and (laughs) we're going to, and and I'm going to throw a no hitter and all, or whatever. Like, just go out there with a blank mind. And just make the adjustments when it's needed. 
and just go through that process and and I've seen unbelievable like results and improvement just from just rolling out there and from pitch one like ball one up and arm side okay well I probably flew open so let's stay closed and stay on the back side a little longer and stay through this boom like land the next fastball okay like now I feel it like there's no like it's just adjustment after adjustment and not having to like worry about you know know your cues and just go yeah and I've I mean, I love the way I feel on the mound just from a standpoint of confidence, and there's no panic. 3-1 count, okay. Free. I can throw two more, and, and you're out. Like, no big deal. And if I walk you, like, sweet. Like, now I got a guy on first, but now I have an OO count for the next guy. Yeah. Like, they're, it's positive. It's it's free. It's confident. Like, that's all you know, that, that's the positive. best feeling on the mound as a pitcher. Does positive fall somewhere, like, on that meter of immature, yeah. confident, free? Is positive somewhere in the middle Absolutely. of Absolutely. Yeah. But I think it comes from both. Yeah. Like, I think it is a result of confidence yeah. as well as being free. It's like the perfect amount of – I mean, if you're too yeah. free, that's not good either. Right. If you're too confident, that's not good either. So it's – it's. I mean, it, if I, like, could tell a pitcher, like – what you want to feel on the mound, it is like what I have right now of just like, like I, I don't think anything's going to go wrong. Like, I think everything is just going to, I think like I'm, I'm so confident in myself and like that I can go out there and like, if something, you know, happens, like we'll figure it out yeah. and we'll just, you know, on to the next. And it, it, it sucks that it's taken this long you know, to realize, but at least we got there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and I've got, you know, this year, and if I, I don't know if I'm going to get the fifth year with all the, you know, eligibility with moving to a, like if I, if we stayed it as a, as a division two, I would 100% have that fifth year, but I've heard I'll be grandfathered in. So I guess I'm being called a grandfather now that so I'm going to be West, a fifth year. West Georgia is division two, right? Correct. Like, is there is there talk of that changing? They are moving to the ASUN. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's for sure happening. Yeah, just they had the big ceremony like a couple. So days that's ago. a big that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So. so you may I mean you could potentially end up pitching back at the D one level anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Like, I mean, you've played yeah JUCO D one D two. Like, what's the biggest difference yeah. between all of it? I mean, I've I'll just go from D one to D two, and then I'll go back to JUCO to D one. But, like, I mean, I've told guys that, you know, I've been sitting behind home plate after my outing and, and been watching guys. Or, like, after I throw a pin, I'll, I'll, I like to watch and see, like, what my teammates are like and, and how they throw and all that stuff and maybe learn. And, like, it's depth. I mean, that's it. But we, there's some, I mean, at West Georgia, I was sitting there watching some inner squad and I'm like, some of these guys, like, there's a handful of freshmen, like at the plate and on the mound, that like could easily be at a Division One school, like no question. And then, um, I mean, like I sit there and I'm like, God, these kids are like pretty damn good, and like they have good stuff. And even some of the JUCO transfers, like same thing. And there's a there's a lot of us that have actually come from Division One, so we've seen it. Yeah. But like we'll talk like actually all my roommates are, are D1 transfers so we've all like sat around and been like like 
Like these guys could easily have pitched at our school or have hit at our school or caught or whatever you want to, you know. And but at the end of the day, it's depth. Yeah, like makes sense. Top to bottom, like you know, like our weekend guys at, at West Georgia are going to be good and are going to be able to compete at the Division One level all day long. But like, is our thirteenth pitcher going to be as good as you know Kennesaw's thirteenth pitcher? Right. Probably not. Right. But from a JUCO standpoint, biggest difference in is, I mean. I guess that goes for any level, it's, right? It's like weird. you take you take the best high school programs in the country, yeah, versus some of the programs in the country that are pretty good. Yeah, the difference is depth, right? Like, right, you, you might have a stud, you might have a guy ninety seven, ninety eight on the bump who's your Friday guy. But there's in high school, one of those. But if there's one of those, you're going to be just an okay. And you team. go into a playoff series and you you win game one because you have him, right. but then you have your next guy's eighty one, your next guy's seventy six, yeah, and now like you freshman, now all of a sudden you're one and two. So, right. and I think that goes. D3, D2, D1, yeah. JUCO. I mean, obviously, JUCO is D1, D2, yeah. D3 as well. Like, I think that's that's kind of the yeah. the answer for everything. And right? I think so, with the whole transfer portal, like, thing, like, there's there's good players everywhere now because, like, guys want to play. And, like, they, you know, you might have a freshman who rolls into Mississippi State and he's 89-92 and they're like, eh, you're just not ready. Like, we're going to cut you. And you can go to JUCO or you can go to a Division Two, or whatever. And then in two years, whether he's at a JUCO for a year or two, and then or he's at you know West Georgia for two years, you look down the line and he's at that point ninety three, ninety six, and you're like, well, like that kid, like you know, if Mississippi State would have just said, let's give him, you know, three years, to develop, he would have been that guy there, most likely. But because he transferred because he wanted to play, now he's, you know, at a Division two as a D1, if not professional arm. How does that affect guys, like, and this goes for you too, like, what, what do you want? I know if I asked you this question last year, you mm-hmm. might have answered this different than this mm-hmm. year. I don't know. Maybe you'll answer it the same. But what do you want? Like, what's next? Like, do you want to play professionally? Do you want to just figure out how to be the best college player you can be until yeah. that's done? Like, wh- like where are you at right now? I, I'm, like, I'm at a point where, like, I want, I mean, like, I'm worried about today. And I'm worried about tomorrow. And, like, if, if being a professional works out, like, heck yeah, like, let's do it. Like, I would be, like, 100% in on that and would want to do it all day long but like for me like my mindset can't be I want to be a professional anymore because all I do is put too much pressure on myself and 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 lose the fun in the game and like now I mean I'm just hey like I'm supposed to lift today cool do my lift do my homework and have fun yeah Saturday I'm I'm supposed to throw today. Okay, cool. Like I'm gonna get my throwing done, and then I'm gonna do whatever that, like, get your baseball stuff done. Like when it's baseball time, it's baseball time. Get it done, and then enjoy like yourself. Because, like, what what are you gonna do sitting in your room just overthinking about baseball? Like mm-hmm. it, it, I've done it, and it just buries you. Um, so for me, like, 
I just want to, you know, I want to play the game. I want to have fun. I want to compete. And, like, for me to do that, like, I just need to worry about today. And one I need to work one at a time, worry about the process. And, like, <laughs> I think if I do that, I put myself in a good position. Um, but, like, the idea of, like, thinking about baseball 24-7 has never been yeah. the best for what do I... You, do you feel like you're because you've gone through the failures you've gone yeah. through, you've gone through the struggles and you've had mm-hmm. to work past that stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like now that you have that mindset about, hey, if it happens, it happens, that you'll be more prepared if you get the chance for pro ball yeah. than if everything just went your way the whole time? 100%. Because you're going to fail. Uh, absolutely. You're going to fail. A, everyone says it. It's a game of failure. Right. I, yeah. I mean, like, if I, you know what I mean? Like, if I worry about what I'm going to do today, and stack good days onto good days onto good days onto good days, like, first of all, you're confident. And a confident baseball, any athlete, is is at an advantage at all times. No matter if they're the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, like, if you believe in yourself, like, you, you know, you got a good shot. And, like, I think that if I continue to do that over the fall – and take that approach and then show up game one and know that I took all fall to build myself up and not just as an athlete and getting stronger and all and faster. Like, you know, that's important too, but as, you know, mentally, like yeah. building myself up and then taking the mound game one and being like, here we go. Like, let's be free. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's just go out here and, and, and compete and go win a championship. And, um, I think things will fall into place, and if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. But like, I, I'm, you know, I'm so content with everything I've gone through from a baseball standpoint, and I've grown a ton, like just as a person and as a player. And I think like, I want to, you know, at some point get into whether I'm whether you know after I'm playing, whether that's professionally or college. Like, I want to give back some of that knowledge that I've learned yeah. because I think that what I've learned is like are a lot of things that kids, you know, would benefit from because it's important. Okay, good. So like with that being said, you know, what's one piece of advice that you would give a 15 or a 16 or a 17 year old miniature parks? Like (laughs) tell, tell these guys what, like, what would you tell them? Like what, what is the one piece that Mm -hmm. you could give them to give the like to properly prepare them to go through everything you've gone through in the past three to four years, just like honestly, just let it happen, like let it happen. You know what I mean? Like if you like stress yourself out and and you don't believe in yourself and believe in the process, like it's not gonna get you anywhere. Um, like show up to the field and like enjoy it and want to be there and do your best at everything you do and and that's all you can do like there's so many uncontrollables when it comes to baseball like you just never know and i think that i tended to fall into the trap of like i wanted everything to be perfect and when it wasn't perfect or i didn't do what i wanted to do i i beat myself up and that definitely set me back um (laughs) <laughs> oh boy, Handy. Hey, no. Boy, Handy. 
Um, <laughs> we, got produ- we got producers. Do we, do we need to? Uh, do we need, in the do we need to redo that? No, no. We got. We got. Um, <laughs> we cool. Can, we can get a blooper now. We could never. Uh, um, you can right, never. Gonna, <laughs> we, we, we got step mal- out now. Producer <laughs> malfunction. Um, but I, I, yeah, I would like honestly like play free. I guess. I mean, I'm 21 years old now, and and it's taken me that long to learn it. But like growing up, there's so much pressure, and you think there's so much pressure, and and it only gets worse. I mean, it, it it's how it is. It's part of the game. It's I mean, you don't think Mookie Betts steps up there in front of forty thousand and you know isn't under pressure in a bottom of the ninth game and against the Braves yeah. and the NL whatever DS or CS like heck yeah he is. But like if you learn to like just believe in you and and know that you worked your hardest to get to that point like and know you're prepared like you can be happy with the result whether it's good or bad like it, it's just and part typically, of the game typically you're going to rise up right when that oh, absolutely like you're, you're going to rise if you know you're ready like you take that energy of being anxious or nervous and it just fuels you like it makes you better and i mean i've i've felt it like you know i've i've had many times where I've gone on the mound in front of people, important people, and crapped down my leg. And there's been other times where I've gotten in front of, or gotten in front of important people, and I've risen to the occasion. And there's a whole different feeling. Like it's, well, it's interesting. I'm I'm proud of you, man. I I know. I mean, I know how up and down some of this has been oh, for yeah. you, and mm-hmm. I'm proud to hear you say some of the things like you know, the chips are going to fall where they're going to fall. Like, I'm yeah. proud to hear you say that, hey, at the end of the day, I got to pitch better. Like, yeah. hearing things like that makes me understand that, you know, you you get it. Yeah. Like, you're never going to be perfect. You're going to mm-hmm. fail. You're going to mess up. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, man, you want to grow. Like, you want to grow. Yeah. You want to get better. You want to accept your failures and figure out how to move past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I, I think what you said as your advice to everyone out there about just, like, Trust the process, but not only trust it, have fun in the process. Yeah. You have to trust your process and 100%. enjoy your process. 100%. If you trust it, but you hate it, it's not going to be that good. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't trust it, but you love it, but you still don't trust it, it ain't going to be good. Like It has right. to be a trust and a love. And that's what, like at 15, I was that. I was, I loved it, but I didn't believe in it. Like right. I didn't believe I could do it. Right. And I mean, that happens. Yeah. Like, and I think that, like, when you talk about just the confidence and the freedom, the confidence is the trust. The yeah. freedom is the love. Like, right. that's how you tie all that stuff together, man. Yeah. So, dude, I'm super proud of you, man. Like, Thank I know, you. I know you've got, I know you've got really good things coming still. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited for for this year at West Georgia because I yeah. I know you feel like you're in a good spot. Absolutely, it's been and great. We're gonna get get after it here. You know, I know you'll be home for the off season, uh-huh. so we'll keep cranking and. Mm-hmm. You know, you come see us anytime, man. That's right. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, y'all be sure to go check out Brendan on his Instagram. Uh, his Instagram is, what is it? Brendan.parks underscore. Go check me out. Brendan.parks. Damn, bro. Hey, we got to redo that. <laughs> no, nah. nah, bro. Good? Hell no. Nah. Nah. You can't. No, nah, no. I'm not that piece. Come on, bro. Redo it. Redo it. Is it-